Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for week four, or we're coming up on week four of the NFL season. We conclude week three tonight. We are recording this on Monday. Saints and Falcons will be kicking off very shortly. Maybe even more importantly, Senior Trump and Miss Clinton, Mrs. Clinton, will be having their debate tonight. I'm sure that's probably where Zach is. It looked like Zach was going to join us, but I think something has come up. So we'll have to wait for Zach for another show, the old purveyor of the pigskin, the god of the gridiron, the titan of touchdowns, and the colossus of coaching. Zach Gutierrez will be with us at another time. Maybe even get Jared with us on an upcoming show. We've got to talk a little bit of football, though, a little bit of college, a little bit of NFL. What's been going on? We'll start with the college gridiron. Alabama continues to be the number one team. But is that the main kind of news that we're hearing out of SEC land? Oh, no, not today. SEC, here today, gone tomorrow. What have you done for me lately? Whatever you want to call it. Les Miles, hit the bricks. Head coach of LSU has been sent packing. Looks like Ed Orgeron, who's uh, coached at one time for Mississippi, was actually interim coach upon the removal of Lane Kiffin a few years back. Looks like he's going to be pulling the same duty here at LSU. Two and two after their last, what looked to be a last-second victory this past week, 18 to 13 over Auburn. Goes by the wayside. Snap came about mm, three-quarters of a second too late. Unfortunately, it does not count. Auburn gets the victory. And Auburn, that poor tree got poisoned again. I think it was back in 2012, someone poisoned the, the oak there in, uh, in Tigerland, an, uh, an Alabama fan, and actually seen some jail time because of it. Looks like a number of fans, uh, LSU fans, kind of doing the same thing. Poor tree. What is it that you guys got against living things and plants? And, oh, gosh, wasn't the tree's fault? It's ridiculous. Throw the book at him. That's what I say. Hopefully that book was made out of paper from another tree. But again, Alabama actually still reigns supreme. 48 nothing over Kent State. The 18th shutout that Alabama has had during the reign of Coach Saban. That's seven more than any other school over that time frame. Alabama just getting it done. Yes, it was Kent State. But again, anytime you're throwing a shutout, and they're just so deep, good for them. Alabama there at one. Ohio State at two. They have the week off, but they're going to start to have some tougher Big Ten games coming down the pipe. But the big big news here is we're going to have three big games this week, and we're talking with potential top ten – opponents, it starts with number three and number five. I'm talking about number, you know, the Louisville Cardinal, Louisville Cardinals, Clemson Tigers. And in case you're wondering, the number three team, it's not Clemson. Oh, it's Louisville, led by Lamar Jackson, who I believe has about 45,000 touchdowns on the year thus far. 
If this guy, he is winning the Heisman in a landslide. He's still scoring as we speak. Just an amazing run thus far. Uh, great assessment. I don't think we've seen a running back or a quarterback run and has feared this much since the days of Michael Vick. He's Michael Vick right-handed. That's the assessment. A little better thrower. I think he's got there. There's an NFL future there. Is, it, is he a top guy? Is he a first-rounder? Yeah, that's a little suspect. Is he a guy that's going to make his mark at the next level? Still too early to tell. He's a sophomore. True sophomore. We can't see him in this draft. But is he a guy that's going to attract some attention? Look, if the likes of Johnny Manziel can do it, this guy's definitely a potential first-rounder. Again, needs a little bit of help throwing the football. But he's not a lost cause. It's not like this guy is mechanically unsound. Has decent size. Want to know a little more about his on-the-field prowess, about his leadership skills, ability to read defenses at the next level. It's a different animal, but he's doing everything that he needs to do right now. And he's taking on another potential Heisman candidate, Deshaun Watson. That was a finalist last year. Leading the Clemson Tigers all the way to the championship game before succumbing to Alabama last year, but it was no fault of uh, Deshaun Watson. He played big when it mattered last year in the big games. Struggled a little bit out of the gate. Doesn't have the same type of statistics. Running stats aren't there as they were a year, uh, the year prior. But the last two games have been decidedly better. And Clemson's 4-0. You know, they win this game. They get the victory against Louisville. People are going to forget maybe about those uh, first couple of squeakers that they had. They'll be 5-0. and But, and, but i got to say, if Louisville wins this game, First five games, they've already defeated Clemson and Florida State. Boy, they at that point, you pretty much are – next big game is probably going to be the ACC championship because the road is going to be clear. You have no one to blame but yourself if you don't get there. They win that ACC. They've definitely got uh, one of the final four spots at that point in the uh, college football playoffs and would have as good as chance as any because right now Louisville – the only team in the FBS to be ranked in the top ten offensively and the top ten in total defense. Thought the defense was going to do a little more damage this year. The, the fact that that's what really carried them last year when they got out of the gate so slowly, that defense it really came on. Defense is still playing great, but the offense, wow. We knew it was going to be improved. We knew they were going to put up points. We didn't know it was going to be this good. But number three against number five, Louisville and Clemson, that is one of the marquee games. Another one, it's got to Big Ten land. Go Blue, Big Blue, the Wolverines, ranked number four, and right now making it look easy, thumping Penn State this past week. And they're getting it from a number of, a number of contributors. It's not one guy that's just going off and putting up monster stats on offense or on defense. Edgebrill Peppers is a superior player, number five in our latest Heisman rankings, which came out today. Guy uh, second on the team in tackles, leads in tackles for loss, returns kicks and punts and runs the ball and catches the ball. He does it all. But just a number of contributors. They're just playing good, solid, fundamental football right now. They're playing Wisconsin Badgers, number seven in our poll. Wisconsin getting a lot of big wins. They had the, the early victory against LSU, not quite looking as good as it once did. 
with the troubles that have beset the LSU Tiger program. But still, it was a solid win. Neutral game, they say neutral, but it was in Green Bay. We'll, we'll, we're putting neutral in air quotes on that one. Neutral. Uh, they've been scoring some big wins. This is a team that's getting it done right now. Good for Wisconsin. They put themselves in a very good position. Get a new quarterback. They start uh, Hornibrook there, replacing Gary Houston. What happens? 30-6 to over Michigan State. Not surprised that they beat Michigan State. I think Michigan State has struggled a bit. They were ranked too high. And we see that now because, oh, they beat Notre Dame. Well, we're seeing that Notre Dame thing is, yikes, one and three. And Irish fans, not happy right now. That win has kind of lost its luster. Just surprised at the ease. Only six points. We knew it was going to be a year of transition for Michigan State. So don't fret, Spartan fans. You're still a very good team. Just don't think you're going to be competing for a Big Ten title this year. If anything, I've said it before, they're up to number 17 in our rankings, Nebraska. This year's Iowa. Iowa snuck up on everybody last year, 7-8 wins. And Nebraska 4-0, they're getting it done, playing some good football. Got a pretty easy schedule right now. Schedule's on their side. If anybody's going to quote Iowa their way into the Big Ten title game, Nebraska could be this year's Iowa. Looking good. The Mike Riley campaign off to a flying start. But our third game, the Washington Huskies, currently number 12 in our poll, against the Stanford Cardinal, number 8. Stanford not winning on style points. They're still winning. They got a 22-13 win this past week over UCLA, game that they were actually trailing going into the fourth quarter. I believe they scored 16 of their 22 points in the fourth. But you still got Kristen McCaffrey, one of the most versatile offensive threats at the FBS level. Another potential Heisman finalist. Playing the Huskies, I'll tell you what, Huskies are good. Very good. Chris Peterson really has his mark on this team. There's some balance here. Really looks like the winner of this game has got the, you know, we always say they've got the inside track, but of the, of the major conferences, the Pac-12 always seems to be the one that just throws us the curveballs. No one can just go through with one loss undefeated. It, it just looks like these teams just beat up on each other. Someone is new at the top of the conference every two to three weeks. I talk about Utah. They're still winning games there, much like Stanford not getting it done with style points. Won a couple of close ones, but again, he is their winning. Playing a tough schedule. Kind of a year of transition for them. Lost their top receiver. Lost their top running back. Lost their three-and-a-half-year starter quarterback. Utah still getting it done. Good defense. Top ten right now, Bama, Ohio State. We talked about Louisville at three, Michigan at four, Clemson at five. The Houston Cougars at number six. Still getting it done with Greg Ward, Jr., but again, props to that defense. Ed Oliver, whoo. Boy, that's a five-star, nasty recruited defensive tackle. We're talking about this guy. Well, I tell you what, 2019, if this guy doesn't leave a year early and is a top-ten pick, Oh, I don't know. Something uh, There must have been an injury somewhere along the way or someone digs up some major uh, type of off-the-field issue because this guy kind of looks like a top-ten pick. He, look, he looks like he could be a franchise, possibly top-of-the-draft pick in a couple of years. He is just getting it done. 
We talked about Wisconsin at seven, Stanford at eight. Rounding out our top ten. Well, Florida State's still there at ten. They have a loss. They have a loss. Giving up a few too many points on defense, uh, about 36.5 points right now. They win this past week coming off of that drubbing against Louisville. But, again, 35 points to South Florida, really? I don't really I, – I just don't think that's the, the type of statement they're looking to make. But as far as number nine, even a big surprise here. We got them a little higher than a lot of the major polls. Stay right there in the ACC, Miami Hurricanes. 3-0, had an off week, had the bye. But uh, they're, they're, they've got some of the, the meat of their orders coming up. I believe they have Georgia Tech this week. A lot of the teams that are in that at the top of that coastal division, North Carolina is going to be coming up soon as well, Virginia Tech. If anyone's going to knock off Miami or really get a chance to play like the likes of Clemson or Florida State or Louisville. These next couple of weeks could be it. This could be where one of the sides is, is kind of decided a little bit early. A lot of those games between these teams uh, are at the top of the division. It's going to take place this week or in the next couple of weeks, I should say. By the end of October, we could have a clear picture as far as who's representing the coastal side of the ACC. Quickly go 11 through 20. Tennessee, those volunteers, talked about it. They had that squeaker against Appalachian State, said good teams find a way to, you know, still get some wins, stay ranked. Great teams find a way to turn that adversity into a undefeated or one-loss campaign. Tennessee conquered a lot of their demons this week. They got by Florida. They're still undefeated, the number 11 overall. Washington at number 12. Or 13, Texas A&M. How about that? Another SEC team. Texas A&M, really the biggest challenge to Alabama? Could be. Could be. Texas A&M getting it done, but really like to see Miles Garrett uh, kind of a little bit more healthy. He's really kind of dinged up. Hate to see the, maybe the, that he gets so dinged up that maybe it hurts his draft status or maybe he does not even decide to come out. He is a junior who would be draft eligible, and we've got him rated as the top prospect, but uh, a little bit dinged up right now. So hopefully that does not deter uh, Miles Garrett. It looks like a surefire top five pick overall. Uh, Baylor at 14. They've been a little up and down, but again, they're undefeated. Old Miss at 15. Two loss team. Again, there's two losses. Florida State, Alabama. Games where they had decisive leads in both of them. So Chad Kelly, a couple of questions have come up about that quarterback, but they're a dangerous team. Don't sleep on them just because they have two losses. Utah, we talked about them at 16. We talked about Nebraska at 17. Boise State at 18. How about Jeremy, McNich- Jeremy McNichols? Four touchdowns this past week. We talked about Brett Rippon before and, and the quarterback there. We're, we're looking at a running back. I wouldn't say, you know, maybe he's about a 1,200-yard running back, good running back. Is he a great running back? Not running the football, but again, there's a guy who can catch the football out of the backfield. Probably one of the five best pass catchers at the FBS level. And again, having those versatile running backs, guys that are going to help you even if you're a third down back at the next level or a guy that can play all three downs or just provide a change of pace and catch those passes out of the backfield, that's big at the NFL level. He looks very natural 
catching the football out of the backfield. Guy that you can play at running back and possibly even split out. Like him a lot. Uh, Oklahoma at 19. They have the week off. Two-loss team. Iowa licking their wounds. They get that 14-7 win this past week over Rutgers after dropping a game to North Dakota State. But I'm sick of hearing about, oh, they lost to an FCS team. North Dakota State, five straight titles. You know what? Uh, the more I think about it, we should probably have them ranked in our poll. By next, so they win again. You know, by next week, they're probably going to be ranked. I don't care if they're FCS. They're great. Last six games against FBS opponents wins. I think the Big 12 maybe should call them. Maybe maybe that's who the, the invite's waiting on. Not a Houston or a BYU. Get, get North Dakota State in there. Lord knows already. San Diego State at number 21. Who's got the second longest winning streak at the FBS level behind Alabama? 13 in a row at San Diego State. Danelle Pumphrey, another guy is a legitimate Heisman candidate, currently leading the nation in rushing. Michigan State at 22 after that loss. UNC, North Carolina, a couple squeakers, but they're winning. 3-1, they're 23. Western Michigan, 24, we talked about them. Another team that just keeps winning, has that easy kind of schedule. They've handled some of the big boys from the Big Ten. Well, maybe not the big, big programs, but, hey, Northwestern and Illinois, both Big Ten schools, they're 2-0 and against them. 4-0 and overall, maybe the best senior wide receiver, Corey Davis. They're currently number 24 in our poll. Those Texas Longhorns, how come horns? 25. Arizona State at 26. They move up from 40 to 26. They knock off Cal. They're 4-0. Got to like what they're doing. Uh, LSU, Florida, Toledo, some other teams that are in there in that uh, 26 through 30 range. Uh, We've got Georgia after their loss. Ooh, big loss. They're 31 Air Force, the academy at 32, they're going to be playing a service academy that's uh, number 39 in our poll, another debuter, Navy. Air Force versus Navy. Who's the best of the service academies? We find out this weekend. Arkansas, 33. West Virginia, 34. Colorado, 35. Both big wins there. Colorado, one loss on the resume, but it was to Michigan. Virginia Tech at 36. UCLA, they are at 37. They lose that close one to Stanford. They stay ranked. TCU back in the rankings at 38. We talked about Navy 39. How about Memphis at 40? They're 3-0. It's going to be hard, though. They're playing Ole Miss. And, again, they beat Ole Miss last year. You better believe those Rebels. Those Rebels have a little bit of revenge on their mind. Memphis, after losing Paxton Lynch, a couple of players on defense, not the same team that they were last year. But still pretty good. I do want to say in that 20, 25 to 30 realm, I do realize that at number 27, I skipped over the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. They are the number 2017. Mitch Leidner, another NFL quarterback, possibility. Teams are going to be looking at him for this, this upcoming year. Has not had the greatest of starts, but he's got all the tools. This is a team that's undefeated. See how Penn State responds after getting smacked around by Michigan this past week. What has Minnesota got for them? That, that's, a, that's going to be a good game. I don't think Minnesota is worlds better than Penn State. How is Penn State going to respond? They're 2-2. Two and two. They lost that tight one 
uh, to Pittsburgh earlier in their schedule. So it could be a make-break game. Uh, maybe Penn State's got the, their backs against the wall with two losses already. That's going to be a good game. One that doesn't jump out to a lot of people, but a very competitive game. I like that. So there we are on the college side. A couple of emails here. I've actually got two different emails from two different people on the same subject about Patrick Mahomes II, quarterback, Texas Tech. I'm not going to call these people out individually because I have a couple based on this asking, why is he not in our latest mock draft? This guy's got close to 1,500 yards already. Yes, it's Texas Tech. They throw the ball a lot. Asking where he is on our mock draft. Well, one, not draft eligible this year. Well, draft eligible, but not a sure thing. He's a junior. Could he come out early? It's possible. Is he a top-flight quarterback? No. If he comes out, these people are wondering why he's not first-round material. One saying, oh, I've seen mock sweat. Where's number two overall? Really? Show me that mock draft. I would love to question the validity of those mock drafts because, again, let's think about these quarterbacks we've seen in the past. Timmy Chung, all kind, Timmy Chang, sorry, all kinds of records at Hawaii. Where did he go? He was undrafted and couldn't stick with the Eagles or the Cardinals. Next, we had Cliff Kingsbury. He was drafted. Did he really stick, Texas Tech quarterback? Not really. Graham Harrell, another guy along those lines. Yeah, got drafted, played a little bit for the Packers. How did he do? Uh, he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. And next. It's possible. Some of these guys have got B.J. Simons, another guy, Texas Tech. Eh, he didn't get a sniff. Just because you're throwing, this this guy could have thrown for like 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. That doesn't That doesn't equate to NFL success. One, they're in systems where they're putting up the ball 60 times a game. A lot of them don't stand under center. We've seen there, you know, there's some validity to this. A lot of people who do not stand under center and are constantly in the shotgun, Byron Leftwich. Um, some people are saying Jared Goff, not under center a lot. He's not even dressing. It does not equate success. Now, I will say this. Mahomes, he's got a pretty good arm. Pretty good athlete. He moves well in the pocket. Not going to rush for a ton of yards. Not really, really a big, big guy. Adequate size. Does he have a chance? Yes. Do I think he's drafted? I do. Next year. I don't think he's a guy that's going to light it up enough where he comes and becomes eligible for the draft as a junior. I just don't. But I do think this guy's got a legitimate shot of getting drafted. With a, a solid year this year, good year next year, maybe this guy goes fourth round tops. Feels like a fifth or sixth rounder to me. Could even be undrafted. We see a number of very good quarterbacks slide down the board. He's draft worthy. Next year, he's probably 8th to 12th best quarterback. He has NFL teams' attention. Probably go to the Senior Bowl, one of those big showcases, and gets looked at. But to tell me this guy's going to be a first-round pick, oh, uh, please, no. 
Guys, don't insult my intelligence that much. Come on. Stats don't always add up. Look at Carson Wentz. Not great stats. Look at us. We had him as the number one quarterback in his class when he was a junior. A junior at North Dakota State. We got mocked a lot for that one. I did. Pardon the pun. Not laughing anymore. Not laughing anymore. Third highest grade I've ever given to a quarterback coming out of a draft. Behind only Carson Palmer and Andrew Luck since I've been doing this professionally since the year 2000. And uh, Patrick Mahomes probably throws for more yards in five games than Wentz does in a season or like a season and a third at North Dakota State. But that's a more pro-ready program. They get more players drafted than Texas Tech. So just wanted to uh, address that because multiple people have written in about that one. And as far as a team, I'll take one for the NFL before we go into the NFL. Boy, the Packer fans, boy, they're really, they're really flooding the site. We're getting a lot of questions about Packer drafts. And you've got to say it, it's a little bit early right now, but a lot of people thought they would focus on the defensive line, maybe the linebacking court. Defensive line's playing okay right now. Nick Perry has been kind of a hot and cold guy, looking pretty good so far. Had a pretty good game against Detroit this past weekend. He's making some noise. Is he as consistent as you guys have wanted? Probably not. Dayton Jones been as consistent? Probably not. Maybe you get that stud defensive tackle, a little more depth in the middle of your line. It's possible. But as far as a glaring need, it's a little early to say that for uh, Green Bay. Maybe one of the big tight ends. Been saying that for a while. They've taken some guys that are maybe second or third tier. Maybe even a running back. James Starks is getting up there in age. Eddie Lacy, he had 100 yards this past week. But is Eddie Lacy on the upward or the downward trend there? Let's be honest, people. Not as promising as he once looked. This running, This draft is going to be loaded with running backs, especially – if the number of players declare themselves eligible, as we think, will in this draft, because there's a lot of very good backs out there. Oh, Packers going running back is a distinct possibility. This is going to be one of the best running back drafts. If Again, if everyone declares, I would say in about the last seven or eight years, probably the best. I mean, you're going to have Leonard Fournette, possibly, off to declare. Dalvin Cook, he'll have to declare. Christian McCaffrey, of course, will have to declare. I've already said you've even got some second-tier guys like a Marcus Cox out of Appalachian State. He's NFL, NFL caliber. Jalen Hurd, Tennessee, big back. Better receiver than a lot of people give him credit for. Jalen Hurd's a possibility. Nick Chubb had that big opening game. It's kind of hasn't put up the big numbers since then, but... I think a lot of the questions surrounding his injury have kind of subsided. I think Chubb has shown that he's an NFL-caliber running back as well. There's some very good running backs that are going to be available. Very good. Wayne Gallman, Clemson. Some guys that can come out and make some noise. Donnell Pumphrey, smaller guy, change of pace guy. Absolutely. This is a loaded 
running back draft. Loaded. So that could be another area where the Packers are, are looking. But again, for me to definitively say overall, yeah, this is where they're going to go, because again, Packers could look good with a, with a number one type corner. Sam Shields, a little bit of injury issues there thus far. He's kind of shown himself to be the top corner in Packer country. Maybe just to shore some things up there. They've got some depth, but do they have another breakout star maybe behind the Sam Shields? Do they have that star power? I don't think they do. That's a possibility as well. If you get one of those top flight uh, kind of rookie first or second. And the, the jury's still out a little bit on the corners. There's some good corners available here. Some guys who I thought were going to show a little better than what they have. That could be an area where we see guys kind of spring up late or really just kind of do something a little bit late to make their mark. So corner's kind of a wild card. It's a wild card position for me in this draft. But just wanted to address a couple of uh, mail issues there because we haven't really got to the mailbag too much. There you go. On to the NFL, National Football League. And again, week three running down after Saints and Falcons conclude tonight. And we'll already get to the bye weeks. Week four starts a few bye weeks here and there. What's been the good? What's been the bad? First off, we'll start AFC. How do the Patriots do it, guys? I mean, are they signing Steve Grogan or Tony Eason or something this week? I mean, everybody's hurt for this team. Garoppolo goes down after his great start. They win with Jacoby Brissett. They, they don't just win. They shut out the Texans. Put 27 points on the Texans, and that, that's not a bad defense. You've got your two-time defensive player of the year in J.J. Watt. Best defensive player overall. Don't know if he would have been player of the year for me last year. Josh Norman is loud and obnoxious as he is. Had a great year. He had my vote for defensive player of the year, but Watt, no question. Best defensive lineman there is. Jadavion Clowney, still not living up to the hype of a top pick, but you're getting a little more out of him this year. He's causing a little bit of problems. you got uh, uh, Merciless, another good uh, pass rusher guy there. Kevin Johnson playing decent. Your pick from Wake Forest last year, you've got something there. Will Fuller, look on the offensive side. And he still drops a couple of passes. Still not sold on him overall, but you put him with a DeAndre Hopkins. He's a guy, he's in a situation where he does not have to be the number one guy. There's other people there. You can let him learn. You can let him be a second or third option. That's a play where he can thrive and he can make strides right out of the gate. It was a good team for him to go to. Overrated. Don't think maybe his talent overall matches up with his stats, but hey, he's in a good situation. But wow, 27 nothing. Like Garrett Blunt, you know, he'll show up every two, three weeks. Patriots still get it done. It's the Patriots against the East. I think at the end of the year, we could have the Patriots. You put the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins, you add their win total together, they might not equal what the Patriots do this year. It's that bad. That division, it's, it's just the Patriots and three doormats. Sorry. It's like the price is right or something. Get your consolation prizes at the door, people. Thanks for playing. I mean, come on. The Dolphins barely got by the Browns. The Browns had every opportunity to win that game, and they must have handed the Dolphins four or five damn chances to win that thing. They finally take advantage. J.J.I. 
gets in the end zone, waiting for him to do a little more, waiting for that Miami running game to show up. Speaking of Miami runners, Lamar Houston goes, uh, Lamar Miller goes to Houston. Doing a little bit better over there. The Bills, they show up this week. Maybe that's a win-or-get-fired situation for Rex Ryan. But they get it done. But there's questions there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, six INTs. The Jets, yikes. It's all Patriots. It's all Patriots there. In the north, Bengals are still playing decent. The Steelers, whoo. We'll talk a little more about that when we get to Philadelphia. But I will say this. That 34-3 whooping might be a game that's good for both teams. Steelers suffer their worst loss since 1979. At the end of the year, Steeler fans, you might come back and say that's the best thing that could have happened to us. Teams that get out of the gate slow sometimes, they need that adversity. They get that good ass kicking right out of the gate. You can find your deficiencies, turn it around, use it as a like battle cry. Remember the Alamo. It could be that moment for the Steelers. They got whooped. Trump, they got whooped. Don't fret, Pittsburgh. You're still a you're still a Super Bowl caliber team. I still like you coming out of the AFC. I don't think anyone's going undefeated this year. It's going to happen. Now, thirty-four to three. I don't know if a lot of us saw that coming. Ben Roethlisberger overthrowing his receivers like twelve times. I don't think we saw that coming. But that might be what Pittsburgh really needed. Pardon my French, but that might be the kick in the ass those Steelers needed. Baltimore, they're, they're going to be in every game. They they look to me to, to be the team that kind of plays down to their competition. The Browns are still the Browns. Exciting. I think they're going in the right direction. Terrell Pryor, there's something there. You get Josh Gordon back. Boy. Might be the start of a, a very exciting receiving core. The defense is not totally awful. I still think you're a ways away there, but it, I don't know. It's the Browns. The South, boy. Coaches on the hot seat. I've said it before. I think the Jaguars had to get out to a, a good start. Gus Bradley's gone. I can't believe more people are not talking about Gus Bradley. How is he still there? I don't know, and and I've watched a lot of their game with Baltimore this past week. Is there a team that looks more undisciplined than the Jaguars? Talk about a team that makes stupid mistakes, dumb penalties, not just stupid and dumb, but just at the most inopportune times. The Jaguars just do this week in and week out. It's got to be a product of some coaching. I love Gus Bradley. Guy can really get it done on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he, he's a guy that was sought after by a number of organizations, but come on. At some point, he's got to be accountable. This just, they don't have a running game to speak of. Blake Bortles, still pretty good. Not quite, uh, he had a very good year last year. But I don't think he's progressing at the point we really saw it. But how much of that is him and how much is around and that offensive line continues to very inconsistent. Defense, so I tell you what, Kelvin Smith, they may have found something there. 
stuck on a bad team. That's a good linebacker. Um, but overall, just Jonathan Cyprian, there's, you know, pretty good safety. There's some good players, but they haven't all put it together. Dante Fowler just, oh, get your head in the game. Just looks like a guy who does not have it upstairs. Get your head in the game. Talents there. Tennessee, is there anyone in this division that has – I Bill O'Brien, I think, is the only one who's not on the hot seat. Everybody else is uh, – well, wait, I'm talking about Jeff Fisher there, but, of course, he's not there anymore. I'm thinking old Titans, but I don't know. Just Tennessee, what do, what do they need? they got to get over the hump. There's no wide receivers there. Marcus Mariota. Well, he could have thrown about four or five interceptions. There were a couple of prayers that got answered there. He's regressing a little bit, not not to the point where I'd be concerned. We're not going to give him the B word. But, again, me and Zach said the whole time, James Winston's your guy. James Winston's your guy. A lot of people question that. And not anymore. James Winston's the guy. Out west, like the Chiefs, like the Raiders, that's a good team. It's an exciting team. It's a team with a defense that's still it's good. It's not great. That team maybe can even win a playoff game or two. They can't challenge for a conference championship. They can't get to a Super Bowl with that defense. They're not there yet, but they're taking baby steps every year, like what we see out of the Raiders. Definitely like what we see out of the Raiders. It's a team on the rise. Chargers, undisciplined as well. Uh, The Chargers and Jaguars, I think they're interchangeable. You put guys out there in white shirts without names on the back of their jerseys, they're the same team. They find ways to beat themselves week in and week out. Trevor Simeon, how about that? Nobody's questioning that move anymore. It looks like John Elway knows a little bit about the quarterback position. What do you say, guys? We're North, Northwestern quarterbacks. Go Simeon. Looking good. A little more Devontae Booker in that offense. Liking it. Denver, don't sleep on them. Defending champs are kind of back. Going to the NFC side real fast. NFC East. Boy, we talked about this division being lousy. Is this division better than we thought? Pick the Giants in the preseason. They're 2-1. Could be 3-0, lost a very competitive game with the Redskins as the Redskins get their first win. Kirk Cousins not thrown under the bus by his coaching staff this week. Nice to see. But the Giants are going to be in a lot of games. Dallas, I think Ezekiel Elliott taking a little longer. I think he's realizing that you can't just run 100 miles an hour through the hole. Starting to see him be a little more patient. Like to see him a little more involved in the pass receiving game. I think he's better than what he's shown thus far. And I think they're going to get him more and more involved. Defense, though, it's good, but come on, they haven't really faced a lot of those top teams yet. I think things are going to get a little tougher in Big D. But you got to like what you see. You finally got a quarterback when, when Tony Romo goes down, you don't got to worry about, you know, going on an eight game binge and sliding. Good for Dak Prescott. And again, we called him to the Cowboys. 
we said it would happen in the third round, not the fourth, fifth. Very high on him. Looking like a good marriage right there. But who could have foreseen the eagle? As good as Carson Wentz has been, and again, we were all over him, I said the Eagles could be 9-7 and seven at best this year, probably more like a 7- or 8-win team. I thought they could contend because the East was going to be lousy. I don't think the East is lousy anymore. But I thought the key would be defense. Again, people laughed when I said the Eagles could potentially have a top-5 defense overall, more likely top-10. Not laughing anymore, guys. I love Jim, Jim Schwartz. That could end up being the hire for coaches in the NFL. This is a they talk so much about Doug Peterson and the job he's done being an Andy Rowe reclone. Kind of maybe the Eagles thinking, yeah, we got to go back to the Andy Reid style of football, not Chip Kelly. And it's worked well thus far. But I think this team's success goes more toward Jim Schwartz being the defensive coordinator than Doug Peterson being the head coach. This really feels like an old Jim Johnson-type defense. There's deficiencies, trust me. This secondary still needs some help. This is not a top 10 second. This is not a top 15 secondary. Got some good safeties. Malcolm Jenkins is playing very well again. But pressure on the quarterback masks a lot of deficiencies. I've been very vocal saying that Fletcher Cox, next to J.J. Watt, is the best lineman in the NFL. What he was able to do and the different things that Philadelphia asked him to do, it's amazing. Now, he's playing pretty much the interior, and you're not going to see the sack totals. But again, gets another sack, causes a fumble. I thought that the benefactor would be more Vinnie Curry. It's been more Brandon Graham thus far. Brandon Graham playing like an all-pro. Didn't see him playing this well in the 4-3. But that defense, they stay healthy. Defense is getting it done, and this is the difference between a Chip Kelly coach team where the defense is out on the field for 40 minutes by a team that's out on the field for 24, 25 minutes. Big difference. Carson Wentz, there's going to be some bumps in the road. I don't have to tell you how enamored I was with Carson Wentz and how excited I was for Philadelphia to have him. What he's doing is amazing. And think about this. He hasn't had Zach Ertz week two or week three. That's his top target. He's spreading the ball around nicely, but he's done it without his top target in week two and week three. It's even better. But I still think the defense is the big story and the fact that Wentz just looks so poised. The big number here, no turnovers in three games. There's still some bumps. If Lane Johnson goes down, that – Offensive line gets severely weakened because you're not talking about just putting someone in at right tackle. You're talking about moving a guard to right tackle, moving a rookie in at the guard position. You weaken two spots with a 10-game suspension to Lane Johnson. So trust me, Eagles are going to lose. They're not going to run the table. Probably not even win the division. I still like the Giants here. So Eagle fans, you need to calm down. I know uh, Wentz could probably win the presidential primary in Pennsylvania right now if he ran. But there is optimism. It's an exciting time. Absolutely. But again, let your expectations be realistic. Calm down. 
But at the same time, I do have to say people stop hating on Philadelphia. I think they did show this week they're not going away. Again, they're not winning any Super Bowls this or next year probably. But I think they have shown at least they are legitimate. And Carson Wentz right now, people saying, is he rookie of the year? Is he rookie of the year? Carson Wentz might be the MVP right now. That sounds absurd, but really think about it. Who's got better numbers at the quarterback position, made better decisions, not turned the ball over at all, quarterbacking a 3-0 team? Who's having a better year? It sounds really absurd. I don't think it's going to But through three games, he's an MVP candidate, not just rookie of the year. Go to the NFC South. Boy, this was supposed to be Carolina just rolling over the competition. They're one and two, people. They're still a good team. Carolina's a very good team. You lost to the defending champs right out of the gate, and you lost to a very, very good Minnesota by right now. Minnesota might be the best team in the NFC. Think about that. Last year, as they came into the playoffs, you lose Adrian Peterson and you lose Teddy Bridgewater. Three weeks into the season, you say, you know what? You're, you're the best team in the NFC. Wow, it's amazing. Anyway, they beat Carolina this week. Carolina proving they're not invincible, but I really don't think there's a hangover there. Carolina's still a good football team. I still think they win this division. I think 15-1 and one was a little inflated last year. They could have won the Super Bowl, yeah, but were they 15-1 and one good? I don't think so. They were probably 12-4 and four good. I really thought they were going to get all the way to the conference championship game and lose to the Cardinals, but they really handled Arizona. You've got to give it up for Carolina. Cam Newton shows he belongs in this league and that he's a natural leader. They're still a very good football team. Still a very good football team. Jameis Winston has shown he's almost there. He's not quite made it into elite quarterback status, but he's definitely making strides. You see him getting better and better. Teams slowly getting better around him. Two years from now, I really think Tampa is a legitimate contender in the NFC. Carolina is the now team. Tampa Bay is the future team. Saints and Falcons, uh, they're going to duke it out tonight, and they're just kind of perpetually there and, Hopefully Matt Ryan can keep it up. But, I mean, we've seen the Falcons start hot before. We saw it last year and just kind of fizzle out. There's glimpses. The Saints, it just looks like this is the last hurrah. I really think the Saints are a year or two away from really having watching this team get blown apart. But they've been a fun team to watch. They've been a good team. But inevitably, all these teams go through the rebuilds, and I think the Saints – a couple more losses, they really fall behind. I think you're going to see that maybe next year the Saints get blown up. That could be the next team. We talked about the Vikings already. Boy, is there a better young defense in the NFL? I don't think so. Daniil Hunter, wow. Nobody talks about this defensive end. Second-year player out of LSU, playing lights out. Anthony Barr has established himself as a very good linebacker, someone who can play the run, someone who can get out the quarterback, someone who plays the pass. Eric Kendricks. Boy, I tell you what. Trey Waynes. There, there's some 
very good young players over there. Really like what we see out of Minnesota. And again, this is with Sam Bradford at quarterback. Think about if Sam Bradford doesn't get dealt from Philadelphia. They're still with Sean Hill. Carson Wentz potentially might not be the starter in Philadelphia. Talk about a win-win for everybody. Those could be the two best teams in the NFC right now. Right now, those could be the two best teams in the NFC. And their quarterbacks probably switched. The whole thing shifted kind of the paradigm there with less than a week to go before opening kickoff. Amazing when you stop and think about that. Packers showed a little bit of life this week. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? He's not putting up the same Aaron Rodgers-type numbers, but still, even a three-quarters Aaron Rodgers is better than about 85% of the quarterbacks in this league. He's still a top-five quarterback. Just a little more consistency there. It wasn't all, oh, Jordy Nelson's hurt. I think we've seen that. Yeah, he's the number one guy on that team, but it wasn't all, oh, there's no Jordy Nelson. A little bit of a cop-out there, Packer Nation. A little bit of a cop-out. Lions continue to be the most unpredictable team in the NFC or the NFL. That's the whole Forrest Gump. They're the Forrest Gump team, that's what I say. The whole life's like a bunch of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's the Lions. Week in and week out, or I'd say quarter to quarter. You never know what you're going to get. There are times when this team just looks like they're putting it together. Matthew Stafford's really playing well. And then other times it just looks like they're sleepwalking. I just don't get the Lions. I cannot figure – I can't figure the Detroit Lions out. I think if I watched them continuously for maybe their last 30 games, I would – with no breaks, I would come out of that film room with white hair. I I, I can't figure them out. The Bears? eh. Boy. John Fox, what's going on there? I think you might be looking at the worst team in football. Uh, I think with the Bears, it's too bad the draft is going to be moving to Philadelphia next year, not staying in Chicago, because you could be right there in the city that's getting the number one overall pick. Chicago's bad. And the game against Philadelphia, boy, beat up. There was about six starters that went out of that game. Uh, The infirmary report there, and it's not getting any better this past week. Got beat up a little bit against uh, Dallas, too, and some not only injuries, but some ones that are going to linger. Chicago just looks beat up. Going out west, Cardinals 1-2. and two. Big surprise. Seattle hasn't looked very good offensively, and now questions surrounding Russell Wilson and his health. The Rams are there. They're kind of up and down. What's going on with San Francisco? 1-2, and two, but... With Jim Kelly, there's still a little bit of unpredictability. That's the most unpredictable division right now. I think you had your contingent, about half the people that said, it's the Cardinals, and the other half saying, no, it's it's definitely going to be the Seahawks. I was on the Cardinal bandwagon, team I picked to win the NFC. Preseason, I predicted a Cardinal Steeler. I think it was about 10 years since they last played, so. In the San Antonio Holmes catch game, Cardinals got to get figured out. Better play from that offensive line and Carson Palmer. Maybe Father Time's catching up. 
windows closing pretty quickly, but a lot of talent on that Arizona team. We can't we can't write them off yet, but really no team has kind of stepped up and taken the lead there. That might be the one division where everyone's in play. Even though we thought that three, four weeks in the season, you could just bury the Niners. I don't think you can bury the Niners. I think they're the least likely to make the playoffs or to win that division, but you can't bury them yet. Can't bury them yet. They're at least going to be in some of these games that they're going to cause some problems. Blaine Gabbert, not horrible. And Chip Kelly's not lighting the world on fire, but it's not really imploding on him either. I don't know what to give Chip yet. That's an interesting division. Many of us thought that that was going to be the most easy-to-call division going into the, into the campaign, and it's probably a topsy-turvy. It's the biggest wild card in the NFC. Anyway, that was a quick rundown. We're going to do another show coming up soon. Hopefully we have some uh, Zach or, or Jared participation. Going over our mock draft, we're already on version 6.0. And in case you haven't been on the site recently, five rounds. Show me another site that's got a five-round mock draft three weeks into the NFL season. Really? That's why we're constantly at the top. That's why we're constantly graded out as one of the most accurate mock draft sites there is. Because we're not just giving you a round here or there, do a first-round mock-up until, you know, playoff time. We're knee-deep in this stuff. 1,500 prospects in the database last year, even though only, what, 252 got drafted? Really? We're looking at thousands, not hundreds, and we're not going with the what the kind of the cool kids are doing or just looking at some of the, the top sites there. Sorry. We do our own thing, and it shows. Anyway, make sure you get out there. We've got a five-round mock, and probably within a month, we're going to have a seven-rounder. It's going to be full mock. By the end of October, we will have a full seven-round mock about halfway through the NFL season. Who else is going to say that? Anyway, be sure to look at that. We come back. Keep the mailbag flowing. I'll definitely get to some more questions in our next show. But anyway, love it, guys. Keep the questions coming. Keep coming out to draftsite.com. There's more and more coming each and every week. Constantly updating the Fierce 40. Constantly updating your Heisman, your Heisman race. Constantly updating, upgrading positions and the mock draft, position by position. All these positions, we're already 25 prospects deep. And we're going to be having our small school rankings out within the next two weeks. Because, again, it's one of the areas where I and the rest of the site really, really concentrate on and really kind of show our moxie with those small school prospects, Carson Wentz. This year I'm seeing it now, Cooper Cup, wide receiver, Eastern Washington. There's a couple of guys out there. Julian Davidson, offensive tackle, Bucknell, Tyson. There's a couple of guys who are – Going to get noticed. You're going to hear about them late, and you're going to be like, wow, they were talking about them beginning of the season over there at draft site. Absolutely, guys. Anyway, love it. Keep it coming, and we will catch you in the next couple of weeks. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen.
Good night. Yeah.